Hi, welcome to this episode of Head in a Box. I'm your host, Murphy. And I'm Kellen Watson. And today we have a really wonderful guest. I'm super excited to have him here today. He is a voice actor. He is the British voice. Um, you hear him in video games and promos all over the place. We'll get more into that. Um, but let me introduce Ian Russell. Morning, Murphy. Hello, Ian, my good Morning, friend. Morning, Kellen. Good Morning. We're so happy to have you here today. We really are. I'm happy to be. I'm any any day above ground. <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. day. Yep, that's wonderful. Yep. Um, so your voice is everywhere. Your voice is all over the place. I could list <laughs> a long list, but the new and exciting stuff. Tell us about Payday Three and your character Locke. Ah, yeah. Well, I've been playing Locke for eight years now. Nice. Um, and it's kind of how we first met. I think. Um, that we were filming a cutscene, and I knew nothing about being on camera. You helped me with that. Now, just for those people out there, Murphy is my acting coach, just so you know. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, but so pay, that was for a game called Payday 2. Um, and Payday, two, you know, every game has a, a shelf life. And uh, this year, Payday 2 came to an end finally. Payday 3 was launched in September, and I wasn't in it. And I'm like, Were you bummed out? Well, it. it, it um, I would like to have been in at the launch, but by that time, I also already knew that they were going to bring Locke back, and it was going to be sort of a, you know, a kind of a surprise introduction back to the community. Um, so I was kind of hyped for that, that they felt that Locke was was beloved enough of the gaming community for, for Payday that they were going to bring him back as a special thing. Um, and that was announced this week oh, that was announced right. on Tuesday this week so it's it's the ink is not dry on that yet yeah uh, congratulations so, yeah, eight years that's like a series I mean like a lot of actors if you're on a series for eight years I mean that's a career you it, know? it really is and and you know it's it opened enormous numbers of doors you know once you it's like you know as you say you've been in a series and you become a name and then other people want you as well because of that and so it's been very good to me, and I'm very grateful to Starbreeze who who cho who picked me for 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 Locke all those years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, and then for the story, yeah, they did uh, a video uh, for it, and that that's kind of how you led me. It was more than a video. You guys were like on a tropical island somewhere. We, like they yeah, they flew me to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, just Barcelona. <laughs> so yeah. so I know it's kind of like I've never been on a film set before ever. And and I get the call saying we're filming this cutscene, actually two cutscenes, and you're gonna play Locke in real life. And most of the on-screen presences for the characters in Payday are not played by the same actor that voiced them. Mm -hmm. So so that was kind of unusual anyway. Uh, and then there, then then I see the people that are going, and um, uh, bless her, not with us anymore. But Mira Furlan was was one of the characters there and, mm -hmm. you know, proper, proper, you know, celebrity actor. Yeah. Uh, Ilya Volok was going to be there and um, Damien Poitier was going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm like, I know nothing about <laughs> being on a film set. So I guess I'd better learn about being on a film set. And I think I had met you very, yeah, I came to a workshop here mm -hmm. with... Um, Philip Banks. Oh, right. That, which was, I don't know, 10 years. I don't know. It feels yeah. like a decade, a whole other lifetime. But that's how I knew you existed. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up coming. And we, I came, I drove up here 
every week for like six or seven weeks. Yeah, we worked with Locke. Learn the business of being on a film set, being in front and, of a camera. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Kellen, let me ask you what I'm doing wrong here. So I've been acting my entire life, and I take middle-of-the-night drives to Pittsburgh. <laughs> this guy's a voice actor, and he goes to Barcelona. Uh, yeah. I yeah. know, for my first ever on-camera game. So I'm definitely not doing something right. No. Pittsburgh's fine. I, Pittsburgh's I fine. British. <laughs> yeah, I'm not British enough. I'm, 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 I'm buffaloning well, it enough to hang out in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, well, Locke's all, I mean, Locke's supposedly from South Africa. So. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Payday 3, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's a huge gig. I feel like you're a successful artist. Thank and we know. have lots of different definitions. Everybody's a little bit different. But for you, what's your definition of successful? And do you feel like you are? Um, I think. So it's a real interesting question and I, I'm kind of wondering how to how to jump into what success really means for me. And I think what it really means deep down is I pay the bills. Right? I feed my family. I've put them through college or put one through college and then the other one's off, you know, uh, next year to college and will put her through college. And, and one of the goals for that is for them to have finished college and not have college debt. And we've achieved it with the first one. And and I think we have a decent chance of achieving it for the second one as well. So I, I think that's kind of, you know, that that validates what I do. Um, you know, I pay the bills. I feed my family. Um, you know, we're able to live a pretty comfortable life. Uh, I get to meet cool people. Uh, like you, <laughs> I get to come and do things like this. And I think that's what success really means is that every day I get up and I'm able to say, I've done that. Yeah. I've achieved that. Mm -hmm. um, and so do I feel successful on that judgment? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't think you enter any, I don't think anyone should enter uh, the acting profession in any shape in order to become a known name. I think that's a, that's a, you know, you've, you've, it's a hustle. It's a yeah. It's, it's a, a job. It's a job. Yeah. And you need to treat it like that. And I, and I think for anyone paying the bills has got to be the bottom line, right? <laughs> yeah. And I we you're a family man, and you you support your family by doing voiceover. So, mm. do you feel the satisfaction of being an artist in that? Well, I, I think so. The, the, the hmm. Voiceover isn't just one business. I have kind of discovered over the years. It's a whole bunch of I'm going to call them mini businesses, but if you think video games is one genre of voiceover which is a business of itself and the amount of money in video games is more than movies and TV put together, that's a pretty small mini business, right? <laughs> and and there are I I've keep adding to it as I discover more, but I've got about a list of about 30 different types of voiceover business that you can be involved in and and they're all i mean audiobooks i mean i don't do a lot of audiobooks mm -hmm. but the money in audio it's just mm. enormous business mm -hmm. right astonishingly big uh so yeah there's the, a local business in Asheville, uh talking books yeah and that's what they do and i, I voiced a book i've done one book and yeah. i've done it through them it was yeah. very so, enjoyable so what i was going down was the road of um there are certain types of voiceover that are clearly much more character creative um, mental challenges than others right right mm. so recording someone's telephone answering message is is not creatively that challenging 
you are still playing a role, but it's a pretty straight, you know, role. Playing a an orc, you know, in a medieval fantasy, you know, game world is an entirely different process, yeah. if you like. Yeah. And, and so creatively, it's that end of the business, those genres that involve that, that I get that creative playtime. Mm -hmm. um, on the other side, the more corporate, the more you know, straight read, it's, you know, it's informative, it's, it, it, it's quite dry material mm -hmm. often. There's not so much opportunity to play there. Yeah. So, cool. that answers mm -hmm. your question. Mm -hmm. It does, it does. A success is just a thing, you know, it's, it's family. I'm able to provide for my family. We were both artists. We both do what we do. And I think being able to be an artist every day and be able to provide stability for your family, that's kind of where my definition of success fits in. We do our art every day. Yeah. And, and then that's satisfying to me. And then, yeah, providing for the family. And, you know, that's the funny thing about it. a lot of the artists that come in here. We do talk to a lot of successful artists who have families, you know, and I think that's a huge part of this is that balance, the, the family work balance. Yeah, and, and there's another, I guess there's another element to it that, you know, I, I have a, a studio in my home uh, you know, reinvested into the business and you keep, you know, building up the stuff that you have and the way your workflow and all that kind of thing. And, and you know, it's it's kind of, it's a place I enjoy going to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some jobs. Your clubhouse. Are, yeah, there are some jobs that you go to and, you know, you've got your cubicle in the office and maybe it doesn't feel very homey or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you're or doing yours. it. Right, and you're doing it because you need to pay the bills, not because you love doing it. Right. So I think being able, it's that whole thing, if you love what you're doing for your work, you never feel like you're going to work. That's true. And and, and for me, I'm now in that space. I, I go to work, I, I feel that every day, every week, um, I, I'm doing something which is moving my career forwards and, and you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's super I, think, cool. I think that's success for me too is this, uh, loving what you do cont and continuing to find ways to love what you do because everything gets stale and boring or whatever or you find something wrong with it like, oh, I got to go do this thing. But like finding ways to reinvent loving what you do or just remembering how much you love what you do is successful to mm -hmm, me really and and another thing that a lot of guests have told us is like success to them is constantly evolving mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so like i think i i can see how in voiceover that's it's your parameters probably are a little bit more focused but i don't know yeah no it's true I, so i know i i know pretty much that that there are certain genres that if i audition for yeah. i have a maybe a better chance mm -hmm. of being picked right, than right, right. others. Yes. Um, and one of the kind of challenges I give to myself every year when I'm sitting down and planning the, the coming year is, well, what haven't I done so much of? Mm -hmm. What can I do more of? Um, what have I never done? Well, that'd be a cool challenge. Let's, yeah. do, let's see if I can find a way of doing that. So it mm -hmm. becomes almost like... A, I don't know, game almost sounds disrespectful to it, but... No, it's an know, art form. Game, it really games is. Games have rules, too. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and winning the game is a form of success. The and, puzzle. And, and it makes know, it fun. The puzzle together. That's to me, that, that's yeah. the joy for me as an actor and even more so as a filmmaker is like, 
constantly coming up against challenges. Challenges, a lot of people, you talked about the 99% of the people that won't do it, yeah. like come up against these challenges and they just pack up and they turn around and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can't be done. And I love coming up against challenges like with curiosity and joy, like, oh, oh, we're going to f- solve this challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, can I, I want to tell you a story and it's going to end up with, Oh, and look at me, aren't I great? Which which I don't want it to come across as. <laughs> okay, cool. I do You're pretty great. It, I, I do want to tell the story so it shows maybe the, the progress. So um, I, I was signed in 2021 to an agent who's based in LA. And it was a real breakthrough for me. As a remote talent here in the Carolinas, mm-hmm. being picked up by someone in LA is, is a tough ask because remote is kind of like, we got all the studios on our doorstep, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so these people picked me up. And they started sending me promo scripts for TV shows and, and movies and stuff. And I'm like, I've never done this before. Oh, goodness gracious me, how do I do that? It was unfamiliar. You know, they're very short scripts and there's a way of dealing with them. I don't know. I was reading them and sending them back. And they didn't say you're doing it wrong, but I didn't book any of it. So then I was like, okay, so let's think about this for a minute. The studios who are booking the promo work, for whatever reason like to have their talent using a certain microphone, which is a Sennheiser 416. Of course. Right? right. $1,000 <laughs> microphone. Hmm. And everybody you know, likes to come from the movies <laughs> and all the rest of it. So, okay, let's buy one of those. So I bought one of those. And my voice sounds a little deeper, a little richer on mm-hmm. the 416. I actually use it as my go-to mic now, oddly enough. There's been a byproduct <laughs> of it. but So I bought that. Still wasn't booking. I'm like, okay, I, I, I need to get some training. I need to know how to do this. Um, And I haven't got a demo reel. I know all of that. So, okay. So I booked with one of the main demo producers, a guy called uh, J. Michael Collins, and I made a promo reel with him. Okay. So I've made that. Few people noticed that. Okay. So we've made a little step forward. Still not booking anything, but people are noticing a little bit. Oh, that's good. Yeah, da, da, da. And if you want to listen to that, that's... that's, um, pinned on my Instagram. <laughs> if you want to yeah. go listen to that. I think I listened to it. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, but they're all, so in the, they're all written specifically. Yeah, Churchill, right. Jack the Ripper, yeah, that, England that versus stuff. Italy. Yeah, like, it's all, all the hot stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, the, 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 stuff. The, the baking show. The baking show, show, that show that I love. <laughs> Um So then another group had a guy coming on as a, as a coach guest, and his name is Jack Daniels. That's his real name, and he does. And he does. Promo He's very work. popular at parties. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's. But that's his thing. He does promo. That's right. pretty much all he does. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and take his workshop. And in his workshop, he said, "Oh, and at the end of audition, I do this thing called speeds, which is where you take the last line, the tagline, and you say it at different speeds." Because one of the things with promo is they've got a very short amount of time. It's you know it's very oh, right. tight right, right, right. to get it all in. So you're demonstrating to the person who might hire you that you can change the pace, still keep oh, the story, yeah. so that you can fulfill and solve their problem. Yeah, That was the way he did it. I swear to you, the following day after this workshop, I got a promo read-in from, from, from an agent, and I booked it. Because I'd used that speeds thing. Awesome, yeah. That was for HGTV. Yeah. That was for a show called Renovation Wild. And I submitted it to an awards thing, the Sovas Awards, which is at the end of the year. And it's been nominated in the, it's received a nomination in the promo category. Nice. Now, that's the bit where I said, oh, and that. Oh, yeah, congratulations. (laughs) But but the the whole point being that, that 
that there's a process. You oh, yeah. learn things as you go through. You take coaching. Mm-hmm. You, you you know, and and now now I'm working in a part of the voiceover business that I wasn't working in before. Right, yeah, right. And and that was that was one of the goals. Yep. Let's find something that you know. So and training, a sponge. training, training, training. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh, Murphy! It, it never stops. It never stops. No. Never stop learning. Never stop training. Never stop working on your craft. Um, but yeah, I think training's the key. I get actors all the time, like you know the whole like you know keyhole thing. Like you know they're they're like oh, casting directors they all see me as this. I'm only getting cast as this. Well, if that happens to be a doctor or a cop, every movie has one of those. Right. You know, like what? There's no problem with that if you're booking the work. That's fine. The problem is when actors sees that see themselves as something they're not, uh-huh. and that's when like you know you you're putting yourself out there as like you know a superhero when you're a supervillain, and like that's never gonna. Uh, yeah, and I, so early on in my voiceover career, I thought I could do everything. Right. I could do every accent. I could do every genre. I could do everything. Right. Right. And you learn. I've learned that that is actually not the case. And I'm much better focusing on the few things that I do the best. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't find, like with the promo, that I shouldn't mm-hmm. seek new ways of, of, of building my career. But know that, so for example, you know, Irish accent. I sure. can do a possible Irish accent, but in the cold light of competing with a native, I ain't gonna pass muster. Right. Yeah. They're gonna I'm gonna be found out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your uh, Irish accent next to a guy from Buffalo probably is gonna stand probably gonna, better. gonna hold gonna hold on. Oh, yeah. And I have booked work as an Irish accented talent, but I choose to walk past more of that than mm. I choose to audition for now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've l- I've learned my limitations a little bit. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Totally. No, that does make a lot of sense. We were just talking about earlier how with with Murph and the actors that he sees, that he always teaches just to, to be yourself oh, right. as this yeah. this person. And I can see how that would relate in voiceover too. You're like, I'm not Irish, so I'm not going to pretend that I'm uh, Irish. Yeah, right? and in the, I don't know, just not just the entertainment world, but very strongly in the entertainment world, you know, nativeness, authenticity, uh, diversity has become a real touch touchstone mm. for the industry you know cast yeah. to the ethnicity the gender identification mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the accent of your nativeness mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and that so lean into that yeah and absolutely that's, that's a relative yeah that, that's an interesting concept because you know i've been acting for my entire life and there was a time as a young actor 2030s it was like if you needed to play somebody from somewhere else with an accent, someone with a disability, like it doesn't even matter. Like you're an actor, go do it. And now, you know, I talked to, you know, I had a student who is, she looks like she's Native American. She isn't, not a drop, but she looks like it. And she was in a position to potentially play a Native American in a movie that's a very Native American story. And she out out of it mm-hmm. and she was like there's a native american actress out here who should mm. be telling this story you know and yeah, there was right a time on. where you would take that role but you know yeah and, and i guess it's the, it's hard from the individual point of view yeah you know this i i need the work i need the work you yeah know, i want the work or right. the challenge too and the yeah. challenge to meet but, my bottom line right you know yeah but there's a like the recognition of 
you know, the, someone else probably should play this role. Yeah. Someone else should do this. Yeah. Uh, and I think we need to be conscious of that mm -hmm. as well. Now, that's not to say that performing in different accents and so on isn't a thing. It no. for sure is. Yeah. Um, but don't, when doing that, you know, if I perform with, I don't know, an American accent, yeah. don't then go around saying I'm an American. No. I'm a Brit doing an American accent. Yeah, I tell and my if that's students. that's good enough and that's acceptable to you, that's okay. I'm yeah. not trying to hide something. Yeah. yeah. And I tell my students, as my acting students, like, know your background. Like, I have Irish roots. Like, I should be able to do an Irish accent. My mother is, you know... Russian and you know Eastern European like so those are accents I'm pretty good at you know but I feel like all those are acceptable you know for me to go after but you know I, I probably wouldn't want to sway too far out of you know <laughs> what's not well, me. coming back to Locke so Locke yeah. is Locke is from South Africa so he gets my very bad South African accent yeah you know and there's a, there's a video on YouTube of a South African and Afrikaans uh, guy who who like picks it apart and yeah. shows people how bad it is. Yeah, and 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 that's fine. Sure, you know. But Locke's backstory allows his accent to to have changed. You sure, know, he worked in America and he worked in the right. UK for the various secret services, and mm. so so his accent has changed because of that. So there's a yeah. backstory that yeah. allows that to have happened, and. You know, and we're also not trying to say Ian Russell is South African. Right. No. We're saying Ian Russell is a British actor yeah. playing this mercenary who originated from South Africa but right. has been here and been here and been yeah. here. And, totally. and, and also we have to remember in video game world, that's not the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there is a little more room to play there. Absolutely. Right. right. Mm -hmm. You're British when it suits me. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I am British most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your background? Where are your parents from? Uh, both from London. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I, I lived for extensive periods of time in lots of different places in the UK. Sure. Um, and uh, that has allowed me to adopt, if you like, some regional accents that most locals to those regions wouldn't know that I wasn't from there. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess it's like uh, an American not from New York adopting a New York accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, right, right, uh, right. They can be pretty good at it. What in your life experience was most helpful to you in becoming a voice actor? I, I think I got to a place in my life where I was willing to be me to the world yeah. completely. Yeah. No mask. Yeah. You know, I think uh, uh, for a long time as a younger man, I was almost playing the role of the job that I did. Mm -hmm. Look at me, I work for an insurance company or a bank or whatever. So I was playing the role in public life of right. someone who worked, who I perceived. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable enough in my own skin now to go, this is me. Uh, if I'm not right for you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. I think before I was trying maybe almost too hard to be right, right. for someone. Yeah. But I'm not like that now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the the light bulb moment. Is accepting yourself. Accepting yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's really what it comes down to. And I just think for artists in general, it's just like, that's what it's all about. Well, and art is like a therapy anyway. And, and we always joke that we should have like a call my therapist. Like oh, it's going to happen. It's a new on, segment. On this show. Call, call therapist. But it's so true because I think that like as artists, 
most of us come in, especially with acting, even with singing, with all art forms, you come in like, I have to do this thing and I want to perform this way. And in reality, it's this amazing platform for you to be able to work your shit out and <laughs> grow and adapt yeah. and yeah. become this amazing artist. And have awareness. Have yeah. awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cool. I am who I am. Yeah. yeah. And if you like me for that, fantastic. I'll like you back. Right. And if I'm not right for you, then that's fine. There's a yeah. lots of other people out there that Um, do you have any like are there any books or classes that you recommend uh for voiceover? Anybody who's interested in getting into voiceover? There's yes, is the answer to that question. Um there's a there's a voice actor called D. Bradley Baker. Mm-hmm. Go look him up. Um he's vocal ability is is amazing mm-hmm. he can do in my view he can do just about anything he wants to be um but he made a website called i want to be a voice actor.com <laughs> okay and and go look at that okay okay is, is what i tell most people oh, you could subscribe to my blog yeah i was gonna <laughs> say this is a chance for you to give a plug yeah tell us about your blog where, where do people find you oh, well if you go to my website which is uh British-voiceovers.com and a little box will pop up to say, hey, do you want to subscribe to my blog? And you yeah. put your email in there and then nice. uh, maybe about twice a month. I don't bug people too much. But right. uh, if something happens in my life related to voice acting that I think I want to share, I write about it. Cool. And I put it out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Love it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? That plug your or projects promote? Plug or promote? Uh, um, Let's think about this. So one of the things with voiceover is we work, and I'm sure you do as well, under NDA. Right. Yes. So there are right. things that I can't talk about. So that's why I looked up at the ceiling for a moment just to oh, make I sure. Oh, I keep all your NDAs <laughs> up there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, there's a couple over there. Yeah. So, so like, so the, the Payday 3 thing. Yeah. I, I'd known about that for months. Right. You know, but I couldn't say anything. Yeah. Oh, I know the you feeling. Know. We've been on strike, and now the strike's over, and now I can talk about Apple TV manhunt. Um, oh, that felt good. So <laughs> there's um, so as a British voice actor, there are a few kind of um, universes, shall we say, right. that, that British voices are used a lot in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Game of Thrones, Lord right. of the Rings, right. Harry Potter, that kind of thing. Of course. Uh, one of the big upcoming universes is is the Warhammer universe. Okay. Um, which is sort of like if Lord of the Rings existed and uh, became technological and 40,000 years later, the orcs and the humans and the elves had laser guns. Yeah. And oh, nice. And, and, and magic uh, still and flew around in spaceships. So that's, yeah. that's kind of Warhammer. Started yeah. off as a tabletop kind of game thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have been in a few Warhammer games, okay. but I have a new one, which I was cast in uh, earlier this year, which is coming out on December the 7th. It's called Rogue Trader. Okay. Uh, Great by, name. Uh, Al, uh, Alcat Games. Um, what's r- so I play a, a, a Admiral Abelard Vasarian, who's one of the four or five companions to the player that you can pick or find and, and interact with. So he's a major character in the game. What's... There are two things that are really interesting about it, I think. One is that it's the first PC full role-playing game in the Warhammer universe. Ah. So we're kind of excited about that. And the second thing is that the name they've, cho- they've chosen, Rogue Trader, 
if you're a Warhammer nerd. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a Warhammer nerd, but I have been related to the Warhammer universe on and off for about 40 years. I've yeah. known about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rogue Trader was the name of the first rule book for the game. Oh. Warhammer Rogue Trader. So, nice. so they've harked back to something right at the beginning of the journey of this particular franchise. Cool. Um, uh, and I don't know, he'll probably never hear this, but Henry Cavill uh, is a big Warhammer nerd and he's been uh, picked up by Amazon and he's helping them develop a live action version of Warhammer. Ooh, fun. I'm available, Henry. I'm available, Henry. <laughs> I know Ian Russell, um, I'm his acting coach. Even if you pick Ian, I'll just go as his acting coach. I need a trailer. <laughs> Um, I, that, that brings me so to So that's coming question, out in December. Though. That's my... December, okay. I can talk about that okay, I'm excited cool. about. So that, that also leads me to another question, though. How did uh, you... I, I don't know the answer to this, so this is why I'm asking. I'm sorry if this seems, like, ignorant, but which... Do you feel that you're predominantly doing um, games, uh, voiceover for games, gaming stuff, or do you feel like it's it's a good mix of all the commercial games, promos, promos, whatever? Yeah. I, um, how do I describe this? It depends on how you measure it. Okay. If you measure it by money, right? Commercial is where the money's at. Okay. Right. Um, if you measure it by volume. Probably it's video games. And if you asked people in the video game industry about Ian Russell, if they know me, they'll probably go, oh, he's a video game guy. Right. Because that's the the public face. If you think video games is uh, are public facing and and you know actors become known mm-hmm. in video game franchises right. so so in terms of of that i'd be known as a video game guy okay and which is your favorite oh, i love doing video games i bet yeah. they're, they're, you probably get to like that was an easy be more creative question. right yeah uh, I, I, so for the i was at a video game conference a couple of weeks ago in la and uh, i had to speak about we were talking about business and all mm-hmm. that and they said and i think well you're up on stage and you, you've kind of at some point in that little slot, you've got to say, why Why am I here? Mm-hmm. You know, and if they're a director, it might be because they directed Star Wars Battlegrounds mm-hmm. or, 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 they cast, or they cast Far Cry or something mm-hmm. like that. So for me, I said, so I'm here to talk about how you find video games. Uh, just so you know, in the last five years, I went and counted this up. I've been in over 120, I've been cast in over 120 video games. I've performed over 200 characters. I've been actively recording for video games in over 250 sessions mm-hmm. over the course of those five years. If you average that out, that's every week. Right. One a week on wow. average. So so I'm busy in that. Right. You know, it, I, I wish it paid more. Come on, <laughs> SAG. Yeah, right. A question that I've been thinking about wanting to ask you that we did not talk about at all is how has AI <laughs> affected your work? <laughs> Oh dear! Have we got fourteen hours? I mean, seriously, there's like so. It's getting more. It's just I can usually tell the difference between a fake voice, but like the other day, I heard somebody, and it sounded like a real human, but I really couldn't decide if it was AI or not. And then it made me wonder about how that affects you. Massive hot topic in the voiceover industry. Yeah, I bet. Um, I I think right now um, it's good. And getting better very fast. Yeah. Um, and if you like at the, I'm going to call it at the bottom end, you know, where people are trying to get content made as cheaply as possible, 
then there is a real risk that the AI business will capture that slice of the market. Mm -hmm. And the people who are currently voicing that and earning a bit of money for it will not be getting that business anymore. So that will happen. Shake those Um, people. I think I would like to think that at the top end, where it's more creatively driven, that AI has a problem in not being able to be directed in the moment that it, that it can't be it's not mm-hmm. that oh, flexible yeah right, totally. right right so i take you know i'm in a, a booth you got a headphone on you're talking you to producer to a, real to a person yeah. who, and he says hey can we try it this like way like this way yeah and that way and yeah. ai can't right now right ai can't do that yes so i think in the cr- in the uh, right at that creative end um mm-hmm. I, I think we're okay yeah um uh it, there was an announcement last week. Uh, 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 Microsoft has entered into a partnership with some AI company to develop AI voices specifically for video games. I didn't like reading that piece of no. news. No. Um, so you know, my Ugh. my my daughter has a micro has an Xbox, and I'm like, we might have to get a PlayStation instead. You know, yeah. I don't know <laughs> that I can support Microsoft anymore. Man. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Man, I, I, I'm so sorry. I thought robots were supposed to be cleaning up garbage, not making paintings. <laughs> I know. Like, why why aren't they supposed to be like picking up trash and moving transportation around, not well, painting again, and again, writing a books? A topic we already talked about is the mon- money makes the world go round, and it always comes down to like, what's the cheapest way we can make? Oh, this producers are always looking. Yeah, at it. yeah. I, I, so on to that point. Um, uh, th- so I have made an AI model of my voice that uh, exists. Um, uh, but you can only use it if you pay me, right? Ah, right. So, so I think that there's there's a there's a uh, a way forward so long as the creator of that voice is contractually protected. Right. Yeah. So if somebody wants to use it, you get paid for it appropriately mm-hmm. based on usage and so on. So if it gets used in a national commercial, you get paid more than if it's in a right. you know a corporate thing that's going to live on a website somewhere um so uh, there is that part to it too yeah that that there is a part of the industry that will probably use ai voices but as long as they're using them ethically and properly and contractually right yeah that that's that's where that's that's the problem that's the yeah right producers aren't traditionally very ethical right yeah right 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 at the minute we're at that tipping point Mm -hmm. where we haven't legislated and we haven't figured out how to to manage that yeah uh, and there's a lot of companies out there who are rushing ahead yeah. and creating voice models and and taking other people's voices and other people's content and you know art authors poetry all that and and creating new stuff and monetizing that and mm-hmm. not paying the original creator and, yeah. and i think that's that's the challenge that we have is to find a way of protecting the creative person at the beginning of yeah. that chain. Yeah. yeah, the the SAG contracts murfed. What what did they say about this? Well, there's really like two kinds of AI in in <laughs> the acting industry. There's like if we want to put Ian on the tallest building in the world and have it explode and Ian jumps and falls 118 floors, there's an AI where we can make it look like him and I'm sure right. Ian would be like, "Yeah, go ahead and use the AI on that. That's yeah, fine." Pay me for it. Yeah, pay you for it, of course. Right. But the second one is like I could go on set and I could shoot a scene and me and Ian do a scene, and then I go home at night, and then when they get into the editing booth, they can manipulate my lips, my face, and my voice to say and do whatever they want me Weird. to do. So it's like you go and lay down your art and do what you love, and then all of a sudden you watch it on TV, and you're like, 
they did whatever they wanted. And that's the second one is the one that I'm like most concerned about because then it's like ethical, you know, it's like you go on set and you look at a script and you're like, yeah, I just don't really want to play the pedophile anymore. You know, like I'm not going to do this. And they go, yeah, sure. Murphy, don't worry about it. We're going to rewrite this. We'll change it. Da 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 da. And then you go and do your thing based on that. And then when it airs, you're still the fucking pedophile, you know, like that's where they can kind of manipulate. And that's where the AI is kind of takes the power out of our control of our yeah. art. And, and, I, and the proposed contract from SAG is trying to address that. Trying to address right, it, so compensate, and, and you and know... consent and as consent. well. Consent is in there. Yeah, so but there that, is what that. What does that mean, really, though? It's like... You can show well, they up can't on... do it without asking you first. They can't do it without asking you. There's also 48 hours. they got to give you 48 hours notice. But, but the, the reason I feel like that's manipulative is because already in the Southeast, like there's there were productions that were like, if you're not willing to work as a local, even if you... Yeah. If we're shooting in New Orleans and you live in New York, you yeah. have to be willing the to work as The concern is it becoming a standard practice, right? So you show up on set and you have to consent to AI wherever they feel they need it for the, the sake of... And the, the question is, is saying, no, I don't consent that. Is that going to make you lose, lose your the job. job? Yeah. You know, because that well, happens I, a lot I, in that that's world. Where, that's where, at the first point of call, that's where the union has its responsibility, isn't it? Is to, right. is to create mm-hmm. a, 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 a form of words that safeguards. And they've just members. created it. It's the first time. It's never been in any kind of contract for SAG right. before, so it's brand new yeah, and, wording. And, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Thank goodness, because <laughs> in the next, you know, this contract's what, three years, I think, isn't yeah. it? So in the next three years, Imagine where AI is going to be in three years' right. time. So yep. if there was nothing in the contract this time around You'd be screwed. that protected you, yeah. in three years' time, it would probably have been too late. Yes, yeah. exactly, right? exactly. So... They, they already got you. They already have the right to remake you as a background actor in as many things as they want. Right. Yeah. You know, that's already happened. It's too late. Yeah. But thankfully, that's not the case. Yeah. Scary, um, scary world and, right and now. And as a non-union actor, you know, you owe it to yourself to protect yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Re, you know, work with a contract. Yeah. Read the contract. Read the contract. Don't be so desperate that you're going to sell your right. soul. And and I, you said, you know, if I say no, will I lose the job? Well, okay. But if you say yes, you might lose your career. Yeah. Right. 100%. Right. Think about that for a moment. Yeah. Ian's got a really interesting uh, hustle of how he goes about getting work. And we've talked to a lot of artists in here and... Uh, I think the hustle is an important part, whether you're a musician, you're an actor, um, you're a writer, you're a painter, whatever it is that you do for your art and uh, how you go about finding work, um, sometimes creatively is the difference between kind of paying your mortgage and not paying your mortgage. So um, you have a daily practice. Yes. Basically, right? So what is something that you do to find work that you think is unique to you? Well, I, I can't say it's unique because I, I will tell anybody about this. Sure, um, uh, but nobody taught it to you. No, no, no. I went and found it from. Well, there's a couple. A couple of things. Yeah. I think I'll. I'll. I think I'd like to share. So the first one is a real fun thing. So as creatives, we like to do fun things. Yeah. So I tell people, okay, what's your? I don't know. We we did favorite animal. What's your favorite animal, Murph? My favorite animal is a cheetah, fastest land animal. Okay. <laughs> so 
what you do now is you go to Google or, uh, you know, whatever search engine you choose to use. Oh, and by the way, use different search engines because you will get different results, mm -hmm. right? That's another thing. But type in, if you're a voice actor, you're looking for, like, video producers or something like that. So type in Cheetah Video Production or Cheetah Productions or Cheetah Studios. Cheetah or Films. whatever you want. Cheetah Films. Google will find you somewhere in the world, someone who called their business Cheetah something. Films. Someone. Mm. Why did they do that? People call their businesses all sorts of weird things, usually because it's personal to them. So now, not only have you found a business that makes content that you can be adjacent to somehow, right? Right. But you also know something about the person that opened that business. Yeah. That they a connection. A connection, which we're always looking for, right? Mm -hmm. So now your trick now is to find a way of connecting with the person there either through their website, if their name is on the website, go to LinkedIn, you know, that sort of That's thing. That's good yeah. intel right there. But, but, but it could be anything, favorite animal, you know, your sign, anything, what's your favorite anything. color, blue I, films, I, yeah, whatever. I, I had, yeah, colors. I had a guy and his, his, his favorite animal was some kind of weird shrimp, <laughs> right? And I was worried. But the first time I was like, okay, put in whatever it was, giant spotted shrimp. Or whatever. <laughs> and he looked it up, and I swear, someone had called their business Giant Spotted Shrimp Productions. I, I, so. That's wild. Based yeah, that's out of, they're based cool. in Boston. Um, it's a harbor <laughs> business. I mean, that's a good psychology behind it, too, of finding a way to connect. That's because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to connect. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing I like to do, there's, um, uh, there's a thing out there called Million Short. This is, oh, he's pointed out. This is I the love one this one. I say. love this one. <laughs> so when you go on what your chosen search engine, let's use Google as an example, uh, and you get, you know, we're all everybody is fighting to be on page one and page two, and they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to be there. So when you search for, I don't know, music production, right, right, you'll kind of see on day on page one or page two, kind of the same people come up all the time. Mm -hmm. Well. Million short will take out, you press a button, and million short takes out the first million results. So now you're starting not at page <gasps> one, but on whatever page it is. And guess what? You're seeing the results that no nobody one. else is seeing. Wow. Other than the other people who are using million short. Right. Learned something new today. Is, isn't that? That's cool. amazing. And now you, so that's cool. a cold email. And somebody else who was in here recently, who was saying about the cold email? Oh, Adam. Adam, Adam yeah. was a cinematographer. Lost he's like, he's like, don't, yeah, it's a lost art form, the cold email, right? And that's kind of what you're talking about here. Now you find a company that does what you do. Right. You reach out. And you're reaching out to people that are not being inundated with people who are the reaching out. The number one search, Right. right? So you'll you'll, you'll find it. So so the you know favorite whatever or random animal color whatever uh, alongside another name or million short or if you don't want to use million short go on Google and just go next 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 next, next until you right, get to right, like page right. fifty or something yeah. you'll right. still see the results that nobody else is no seeing. No one else yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. see. Start from the that. back and work Start your way. Yeah, it's like when you go shopping, go to the section that yeah. everyone's going to. Th that's there's what a, I do. There's a business. <laughs> there's a business um, book. It's called The Long Tail. Um, which is kind of like how businesses have become successful using the internet. Okay, it's an internet thing. So, and it's and it's that very thing. It's like in the old days when we had to 
like post something out or right. whatever, and it cost money to connect with people. Posted. We only connected with the biggest, most obvious connections because we had a greater chance of getting something back. Right. But there's all these people down in the millionth search mm, engine. Yeah. That, right? right. And the internet allows us to do that for free. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the long tail. It's like the mouse, the big fat body at the beginning, and the mm. long tail. All yeah. those people. Work the system. The little tiny yeah. people at the end are there. They're still part of the big animal. Absolutely. But they're the bit that everybody ignores. Right. right. Ignore I the bit that everybody else is ignoring because they're going to be like, oh, great. Someone reached out. Oh, I was just looking for a British American. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Solving problems again. It things. all comes back to you want to be the guy or the girl who solves the solves problem. The problem. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. make yourself as easy to find and as attractive as a problem solver. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I would say our, our our job. Well, my job as a voice actor, your job as an actor, is to have our skill set heard or seen by as many people as possible. That's our job. Our job is not actually to be on set or in the recording booth. That's a consequence of doing the job. Right. I love that. I had a professor in college who said the audition is the job. Yeah. That's the job. Yeah. We've got to be right on. professional yep. auditioners. Yeah. The best at what we do. And marketers and mm -hmm. all networkers. Yeah. Networkers all and mm -hmm. Instagram and techies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So... Use them, guys and girls. Use them. Love it. Good one. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, we've loved having Ian on. And you can check him out online at his website, which is... So the website is british-voiceovers.com. Okay. Or Instagram is at the British Voice. And pretty much you'll find me anywhere on the internet if you type in the British Voice. You'll Brilliant. find me. Yeah, I Ian's everywhere. We loved having you here today, Ian. Um... I feel really grateful to call you a friend. I mean that seriously. <laughs> it, it, it's nice to have you here. And, you know, yeah, we have been knocking together professionally for about a decade now. Getting on for. And it's, it's awesome. And, you know, I don't have, I can honestly say, I don't have, you know, a ton of individuals that I really respect and call my friends. And, and I, you're one. You're uh, one. It's a bit heavy. I'd say that, but I do. <laughs> I do. I like you. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, Ian. So much great knowledge. I really do feel like we'll have to bring you back. You're another one of these successful artists here living in the Southeast with us, and we're lucky to have you. We're all an example of you can be successful in this business as a voice actor or as an actor from what might be considered a small market. You mm -hmm. can still do it, mm -hmm. but you've got to, you've got to do the hustle. Got to work. Willing to work. work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Head in the Box. Yeah, thank you for listening to this episode of Head in the Box. We'll see you next time and enjoy the journey. Head in the Box is brought to you by the Actors Center of Asheville, located in Black Mountain, North Carolina. The Actors Center of Asheville is a professional acting school, allowing artists to train in a safe environment, both in front of the camera and on stage. Private coaching and audition shooting available. Visit us online at theactorscenterofashville.com and schedule your interview for class today. The Actor Center of Asheville. Train. Create. Book. Stuck in my head.